Welcome to machine learning. Well, so pipe part spark uh, and the pipeline is what I'm going to talk about today. And basically, what you do is um, for your your features, um, you're going to use a, a vector assembler. And basically what the vector assembler is going to do is it's going to uh, create a list of the outputs of the um, of the train set. But we are first going to define the definitions for those outputs. So the first thing we want to do is uh, use a string, string indexer and that'll take in a categorical data. Um, so we're going to do a string indexer and then normally what you would do with that string indexer, indexer is after you've done your train and test split using the random choice um, or excuse me random split then you're, you will uh, uh, you will do a, a fit and transform on the model data okay and then uh, the next thing you would do is uh, you will create your vectorized assembler and then you will list the, uh, the features. So what the vectorized assembler, assembler does is it takes your output from your string indexer. Let's call, so let's say you take in the uh, category org and you output uh, org index from the string indexer. Then it will, uh, you can one hot encode that and that becomes uh, output will be dummies. So you would, you would take then your, your columns, the numerical columns and your uh, dummies column, uh, which would be in this case org underscore dummies would be the output name. And you'd run it through your vector assembler. And then um, the vector assembler uh, will become the, uh, will be then fit and transformed against your uh, train data and then trans fit and transform it into train data. And then you would do a, you build your classifier, which would be your aggressor or your logistic regression or um, a random forest. And, uh, and then you would do your uh, transform against the test data. And that would then give you your prediction. Okay, so a lot of steps when you're doing it manually. Um, what you, you do similar to this in a pipeline, what the pipeline does is it gives the set of sequences, uh, or they call it stages. And so then you would set your stage for your indexer, then your vector assembler outputs, and then uh, the last thing in the pipeline would be your classifier. So, um, you know, that's just in a nutshell, basically what your pipeline does. So I was really pretty impressed with the things that you can do in a uh, uh, 
PySpark pipeline. And I think it's kind of the future because it's so simple. And uh, they really, you can tell that it's been used in production and they just don't, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of uh, fluff in terms of, uh, of the coding, it's really straightforward. You just set up your stage, your stage. You set up your components for the stage, and then um, and then you have your pipeline. Now you can add. Uh, you can also add. Let's say you have a a field that uh, is uh, text. Well, you can add that, insert that into the pipeline too. So uh, the way that would work is the you would add a you would insert a, a set of stages for. Uh, transforming the text which would be uh, tokenizer and then once you've done the tokenizer you'd have a uh, hashing TF and then that would pass its output to a um, uh, one hot encoding let's see tokenizer yeah um, and then uh, hashing table, and then your your final uh, output before it goes into uh, the classifier. And then, then uh, all you do on the pipeline is you fit it, and then you transform uh, with the test data. So you fit with the train data, and then you uh, then you uh, uh, transform with the test data, and that gives you your predictions. Real powerful, so it handles categorical, it handles numerical, and uh, you just have a real simple pipeline you set up, and uh, then you can you can regularize your classifier by uh, elastic elastic uh, param, and uh, if you set it to one, then you got lasso. And uh, I think if you set it uh, to zero, you have ridge. So the irregularization, what it does is it, uh, uh, it de-emphasizes features that don't contribute much to the model. And then you can output those coefficients and see what uh, features are, are contributing and which ones aren't. And, uh, that also, by reducing the number of features, the point that they're making is, let's say you have a thousand features and you can reduce it down to a hundred, then uh, it might, it makes your model more explainable because at some point you've got to explain why the model works and uh, you know what, how the, the features are contributing and uh, you know, you have to stratify by looking at the coefficients what the meaning of the model is telling you based on the coefficients, you know. So, um, an example with airports and durations, uh, by looking at the intercept and coefficients of the prediction, I can tell, let's say we're analyzing, uh, uh, we're, okay, let's, let's, let's say we're analyzing the, the the duration in the air, okay, uh, between uh, origin point and a destination point, and we're just trying to we're just trying to figure out how long we're going to be on the ground. Well, I can look at these coefficients, and I can uh, uh, based on uh, 
the airport that I'm uh, flying out of, I can fi- I can figure out what the duration is based on my coefficients. And so then I can map that to that particular category level and I can know then uh, for that category level because it it will then be dummied in the uh, model. So it'll be a dummy column. So the, that that then would offset. So every feature then would have a coefficient. So then I could use that coefficient for the prediction on the uh, duration and tell you how long you would, it, the probability of how long you would be uh, on the ground. And so, that, so that's powerful in that you can take the model, break it apart by its coefficients and see what the actual prediction is by each one of your categorical data. Now I've never done that uh, up to this point in data, in the, the data science or ma- machine learning, but that has a lot of uh, implications. Like, so if you can add features to stratify your data, you, your model can tell you a lot about the stratification of that data and they call that bucketizing. So I can take as part of my uh, as part of my uh, pipeline, I can add uh, a bucketizer, and from that definition, I can give different ranges on my data, and it will create these buckets or category levels based on. Uh, these ranges and that's that's very similar to what we've done with uh, um, a histogram with bins is basically what it's like but the difference is is it's going to create those new features that have been now bucketized and I can then uh, learn based on that kind of that aggregation what the some of the behavior of the system is and just like with regularization you know it removes noise the same uh, thing true is true with bucketizing is that you are uh, getting more uh, grouping and so it's helping you understand better what your behavior of your model is and that was just kind of revolutionary in my mind that uh, uh, that the that you could from the coefficients and intercept, learn and draw conclusions about what your data, uh, behavior in your data is doing. It was really quite amazing. Uh, the, same, the same is true of a regressor or a classifier. In this case, what we were talking about is uh, predictions <clears throat> based on a duration, <clears throat> uh, but you could also then do the same thing on fuel consumption like if with cars based on cylinder and uh, or, or type of car and the number of cylinders to calculate you know what uh, efficiency is and you could learn then from the coefficients that large vehicles are very fuel efficient for the weight that they're uh, pulling or pushing that they're actually 
pound for pound more efficient than small cars. Now that's kind of a uh, that's kind of counterintuitive because you would think, well, a small car would be more fuel efficient. But yes, it is more fuel fuel efficient. You don't pay as much. You get more miles per gallon with a smaller car. So I guarantee you, if you're running a, a, a three-cylinder Geo, you're going to get a lot better gas mileage than a Ford F50. But if you try to put the Geos the same weight as a Ford F50 and run it with a little Geo engine, uh, you would find that uh, the efficiency of that engine would drop and uh, your, your fuel consumption would be much higher. So uh, you can learn that from the coefficients in your uh, regressor, in your pipeline. As you, and, then each, and so you can access any one of the stages and then from what the stages you can get the intercept and the coefficients and then from those coefficients uh, you can see you can see what the behavior of the model is doing very important that you, sp you spend time writing Python code to visualize what those coefficients in the in the, your in your uh, classifier are doing based on the way you set up uh, uh, the pipeline transfer transformations uh, process. I think you know in the future we're going to see more of this kind of pipeline mentality. I know that uh, we're starting to see it with uh, you know data transformation. We're building warehouses and. You know, you start with extraction, then you do transform, and then you load. You know, you're just kind of going through those those steps, and we're seeing that definitely with machine learning is that you know we spend a lot of time uh, engineering the features and the models, but I think it's very important that you build a pipeline quickly with your data, build it really quickly, and uh, and then start thinking about what those coefficients are telling you and then uh, bucketize and add new features uh, and try to improve uh, the different uh, the different uh, the three different values precision recall and accuracy on your model and so you'll spend more time thinking about engineering of your model than you are actually, you know, what are the sequential steps? Is that you'll be thinking about, you know, do we need to gather more data? Um, and, and so, uh, you know, you can even build your Python visualization of your lasso model. And so you can visualize those coefficients and see which ones in the lasso model move to uh, zero. And so you could have one pipeline that's uh, you know, analyzing features that way. Uh, you could use Ridge and that'll reduce, that'll regularize your data, and it, but it'll make your coefficients smaller. But that, that has the effect then of reducing the noise that's in the model and that improves accuracy. So you're going to have to, as you get into the machine learning, it's pretty philosophical. I'm not saying that, you know, you can just, uh, uh, I can just give you a set of uh, sequences 
those you can you can study data cap and and uh, uh, they've got the sequence step by step how to use PySpark. But you're going to need to think about the process and what's actually going on and where, where you're going to find usefulness. And uh, I personally think there's a lot of areas that big companies could use PySpark in that would be really helpful just to understand the behavior of what's going on in their company. You know, I, I, I think that uh, you could get very good uh, at answering be observable behavior that is recorded in the uh, the data. You know, uh, you you can find variants and you can find things that uh, uh, are definitely relate to efficiency and variation. So that's one of the areas that AI can be used for is finding things that are weird, things that are like, hey, that doesn't make any sense. You know, maybe you're dealing with certifications and uh, you have a certain uh, position type that is not as is, is, uh, largely over uh, overdue but on their certifications. And so you can see this kind of clustering effect. You know, you can see what, uh, what kind of, which groups are behaviorally always overdue. Or you can see which ones are about to expire. And so you can get kind of an idea of load, you know, what uh, what what are my loads for training and certification that are coming up? Maybe you see that there are 20 welders that uh, are gonna be approaching certification within a short period of time. So um, that's the kind of behavior that can be modeled and uh, and uh, you can you can do this definitely not just for current, but you can do it historically, and then you can get trend lines, and you can see, you know, what is the trend lines and for being uh, certified at uh, a certain threshold. Maybe the standard is ninety percent that you have people current in their certifications. You know, maybe you only have ten percent that are not current in their certifications and training. And how does that affect uh, the career mobility of the employee and, and uh, things like that? Well, those are some of the things that, that I think could be a, a machine learning could be applied to. Um, and definitely if you have PySpark and you have big clusters, the amount of data will not be an issue.